Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Give Me Attention or Give Me Death. Today we have, um, you know, it's not really a mega fan. I was thinking I would call episodes like this uh, 33 and Me, where we talk about important albums we've listened to and albums we love. And today I'm going to be discussing Bear Creek by Brandy Carlisle with a wonderful comic from Chicago, Whitney Chitwood. What's up, Whitney? Hey, how's it going? No, Happy, well, thanks for uh, coming. Top here. of the quarantine to you. A top of the quarantine to you as well. Oh, top of the quarantine. And <laughs> uh, when you you do uh, comedy based in Chicago, right? Um, I do. I I just got back from tour. Actually, right before we all were banished to our homes, I finished a month and a half long tour all yes. through the country. You just put so, out a new album, right? The Bakery Case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The album came out in October of 2019, and it was it was so much fun. It was great. It came out and did uh, surprisingly well, and I was super flattered and floored. And yeah, so just, you know, that's what the, the tour was just out, hawking, hawking my record, you know? Oh, yeah. It's a great album. I love it. You stop it. You quit it. No. Go on. You get out of here. No, I won't. Uh, I found we were on the same playlist and everything. I know. Someone added our tracks to a comedy playlist. We're a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Uh, I don't know if you all have heard of Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) We're on there, baby. Yeah, they let us on there. So look out. We did take torches. We took torches to the Spotify building. We were like, put us on Spotify. I have a bomb vest. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, actually, it's not not an explosive one. It's just one that's like really super fly. (laughs) It's so good. My arms never get cold somehow. (laughs) This is my bomb vest. vest. (laughs) Speaking of bomb vests, Brandy Carlisle, boy, uh, usually can be found in a bomb vest. A vest that is bomb. I've seen her play in a bomb vest. (sighs) I can't believe it. How many have you seen her live? Multiple times, right? Three or four times, I forget. Uh, I know at least three. I saw her uh, acoustic at a theater where Mm. it was just her and the creepy Mm. lizard twins. Oh, the creepy lizard twins! And uh, oh, they're so slithery. Oh my god, they they're it's they're they they seem like demons. They have (laughs) this like it's their names are Phil and Tim Hanseroff. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they are seemingly hairless. They don't <laughs> seem to blink. They are identical twins, and they sing in beautiful harmony the way a demon would. It's <laughs> yeah. Never have you stared at two indivi- two uh, twin individuals more and twin individuals and thought Ooh. they definitely came from the same zygote. Like they just yeah. look like zygote works in describing <laughs> their genesis in my in my mind their necks are incredibly long <laughs> like they have the head of a snake and a really long neck uh like, a, like oh my god who was it that painted the scream uh who's that painter oh of course i know but the person now I'll, I'll tell you the painter and i'll tell you the painter right now but you should know that i knew it right away and i didn't have to buy any time because uh, the paint yes edward munch edward yeah they look like a edward munch. munch they look like a munch painting yeah classic detective edward munch you cut this right so you can cut back so it sounds like we know what we're talking about right you cut this 
they're going to know. They, <laughs> they know me. They'll trust you. They know me. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so I saw her acoustic with those two twins and she, at one point they completely unplugged and unplugged their microphones and everything. And she was like, we're going to do just an actual, we're just going to play a little song with me on the guitar and we're all going to sing together. And it was this like really beautiful, powerful moment where, you know, they're on stage and just using the acoustics of the building to amplify the sound. And then a dude's cell phone went off. (laughs) And like, I I was just like, wow, that you couldn't have ruined a more perfect moment than right now. Thanks a lot, Verizon. (laughs) Yeah. She did a whole uh, tour like that. Didn't didn't they do and they did like a multiple they did multiple tour or they did like a multiple city tour where they they never plugged in, I think. Oh, really? I I don't know if I saw that and they they had plugged in for some of it or what it was, but uh, just the power. It was great. The sheer power. I'm hitting yeah, the table. So- I'm sorry. I'm hitting the table. I'm a horrible podcast <laughs> guest cuz I'm hitting the table, but come on. It's all right. We're remote, so it's your own table. We're at least 6 feet away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think we're so, we're over six states away, quite frankly. That's yeah, because you're, yeah. I'm in I'm in Massachusetts. Sure. Massachusetts. Uh, I can say that I own my own company and I pay too much in taxes because I live twenty minutes or ten minutes south of the New Hampshire border. So I'm I'm an adult that can say Massachusetts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just uh just gonna be gonna be throwing tea into a harbor that's that's massachusetts right they did that oh in massachusetts, yeah didn't they that's bean town uh the tea into the harbor where everyone thinks that they were protesting taxation but really they were just a bunch of bootleggers mad yeah. that the british were making more money off tea than they could and they were already dressed up like native americans for other offensive reasons so <laughs> it just all went together <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, yes, uh, shining moment in American history. <laughs> now Chicago has uh, like the racism. Bean, oh right? yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Does Chicago have racism? I've never, you know, <laughs> uh, the only thing I know about Chicago is bad Leroy Brown. Yeah. Uh, well, we got him. We got uh, Lee, yep. and we also have uh, literally two different baseball teams for uh, the two segregated parts of the city. You have two baseball teams? Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, we got the Cubs and the White Sox. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess you do. Sox are on the south side, and Cubs are in god-awful Wrigleyville. Interesting. I would rather... I, Wrigleyville is awful. Wrigleyville is god-awful. Wrigleyville is like uh, baseball Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never... Um, let's see. I'm going to look up Wrigley Field. This is going to be interesting for everyone listening when I look it's at pictures of It's a pretty field. field. It's a very beautiful field. It's an old field. And there's a lot of Cubs history in my family. My mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather is a big Cubs fan. Both of my grandfather. Like, it's Cubs are, Cubs are in our blood. But living near Wrigley, when I lived near Wrigley Field, I wanted to light myself on fire. If you live <laughs> in Chicago, there's a website called Are the Cubs Playing Today, I think. Are the Cubs, are the Cubs at home today, maybe, is what it is. And you go on there, and it tells you whether you need to avoid. Oh, like a heads up, Wrigleyville or not? Yeah, because it's just a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Oh, that's of, beautiful. Of drunks, and that's where, because uh, Chicago, fun fact, Chicago didn't uh, didn't start requiring isolation and uh, self quarantine 
until after St. Patrick's Day because St. Patrick's Day, I believe, is one of the most, uh, the, one of the most, the moments of time where the most money is brought in for Chicago. Interesting. That's like the same, even Boston canceled all their St. Patrick's Day stuff. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, dude, Dropkick Murphys were going to play like three nights and they had to cancel all of them. Yeah, no, we canceled the, Chicago canceled the parade, but, yep. uh, but they didn't like, bars and stuff weren't shut down yet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think most bars had shut down by then. I was over near Wrigley Field when I went to Chicago, but not very. Yeah, it's a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a great, not a great place. I... I'm going to say this. I'm going to say a full sentence before you get upset. Okay. I didn't enjoy Chicago, but I think it was because I had just spent a week in South Dakota. And to go from the middle of nowhere to navigating Chicago mm-hmm. was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That makes sense. That makes total sense. I'm not I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you for not liking Chicago. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. I mean, but I'm, I definitely don't fault you for... Was it? Thank but you. you all, you didn't have a car. You didn't have a car. I did. Um, yeah. Well, I was. Yeah, I was with my my friend. I was with um, you know Matt. We were doing the sad man. Yes. So fucking funny. Uh, thank you. We were down at the beat kitchen that night. Oh yeah. Did you do Chuck? Uh no. Did I? Chicago underground. Oh Chuck Chuck comedy. right. That's yes. That's what you're talking about. Not a man yeah. named Chuck. I was like, I don't no, know who not I a meant. Man named Chuck. Yeah, that's what Meredith goes by. <laughs> you know that's <laughs> Meredith's nickname, Chuck. <laughs> I hope you say like, I'm on this episode with Alan. Someone's like, I'll listen to Whitney on an episode, and they know who we're talking about, and they go, Well, this guy, <laughs> this guy is a fucking idiot. <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> well, there is one dude I met there that I yes. think was we ran the show with them. Sure, sure, sure. There's a, it's a, it's a nice crew. It's a whole, whole sweet, fun crew. That they all seem show. like such nice people. And, yeah, that's uh, a good thing. Chicago, Chicago is, uh, I will say, good. Pe- I think good people. I don't know your experience, but I find everyone in Chicago to be good people. I only know the fine people of Chuck. I know you, Carly, and uh, this is like uh, inside fantasy baseball. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is- <laughs> I don't mean to. This is uh, a horrible start i'm sorry i'm the one bringing it up i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm literally looking at a map of chicago being like who did i talk to there did i meet a chuck did i <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so chicago racist uh brandy carlisle yes. great yes um the first time i saw her was uh, a year before it was between give up the ghost and this album I saw her uh, on the Life is Good Festival, and she played Raise Hell from this album uh, at that show. Mm. And that's why when you said like you wanted to do Bear Creek, I was so happy because this album uh, is very big to me. I saw her play that. It was like a week after my girlfriend and I had broken up. I was very bummed out. <laughs> and Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I got a, oh, dude, it was beautiful. It was there was two stages of this festival. One was country and one was like soul. So like a country band would play and then mm-hmm. you'd walk across the fields to see a soul band. Then you'd, they'd be done. Then you walk across, but it was like Brandy Carlisle and then the Robert Randolph family band and then Levon Helm in the band and then uh, Raphael Sadiq and then Ray LaMontagne closed it out. So oh. it was like, it was a like, damn. It was a good day. 
Uh, yeah, that's but, a super emotional. That's a lot of that's a that's a lot of uh, guttural sing. It's a guttural singing day. Yes, I was um, 21 years old with my mother. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's my pattern. Yes. I'm a cool guy. Yes. Uh, did your mom take you, or, or how did that go? Did you take your mom? Were you like, mom, come to this fest with me, or was she like, honey, I got tickets? Uh, we bought we bought our own tickets, I believe. Uh, I was bummed out, and I liked the soul bands on there and Levon Helm, and she liked Brandy and Ray LaMontagne. And I was like, well, let's just go to this then. Oh, that's the cute. That's the fucking cutest. Yeah, that's the absolute cutest. That reminds me of the time my dad, when I was uh, 16, took me to Lollapalooza. So I could nice. see uh, Gnarls Barkley perform. And, that was awesome. <laughs> and he uh, proceeded to, he was wearing a t-shirt and shorts, and he proceeded to, uh, it was hot, and he took the bottom of his shirt, his t-shirt, and pulled the bottom of his t-shirt through the neck of the t-shirt. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I hope Much. that's where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> sat on the grass by himself because I went like closer to the stage by himself with his hairy <laughs> belly hanging out <laughs> and just listened to Gnarl Sparkly and watched a bunch of ostensibly mostly children <laughs> enjoy the music of Gnarl Sparkly and pass oh around joints. <laughs> Damn, your dad is cool. Like, <laughs> very cool. That is very the cool. like personification of I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, he, he, didn't, he didn't fucking care at all. He did it was none. It wasn't musical theater, so he didn't really care about the music. And he was like, "It's hot, so time to turn myself into I don't know Farrah Fawcett, I guess." <laughs> Your dad's a, a musical theater guy. Yeah, both my parents. Both my parents uh, had their had theaters uh, in my hometown, and I grew up doing theater. Both of them. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super from- cool. Musical theater, can't you tell? <laughs> well, can't you tell? It comes from musical theater. <laughs> That's uh, I when yeah, when you you said that, I was like, hey, I'm always surprised when dads like music. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a music dad. Okay, what your dad like? No, like not even I don't know Huey Lewis or something. He likes the he likes the Rolling Stones. That sure, sure. Um, That's a good dad band. I yeah, I feel like dads if they like music like one band. Yeah, he but he's like told me specifically like I don't a, a quote I like to repeat from my dad is I don't understand why people respect musicians or comedians. That's so I don't have a wow. musical theater dad. I don't so he'll <laughs> definitely be tuning into this specific episode of this podcast then, right? Yeah, that's, that's why I can say pretty much whatever. That's <laughs> <laughs> Look, daddy's not going to hear, baby. <laughs> uh, so speaking of music, uh, let's talk Bear Creek. Oh, God, what a record. Uh, when did you first get into Brandy Carlisle and how long to, from that to Bear Creek was it? Um, I am very ashamed to say that my Brandy, here's the thing. Uh, I would say, uh, history, like my, the histrionics of my musical taste all lends itself right to Brandy Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Like I love folk. I love for a long time. I've loved like Sarah Jeruz, uh, Ife O'Donovan. Um, there's this band in Fort Collins called Whippoorwill and they're these, they're this awesome folk band who sing, 
love songs to the, these two ladies who are who sing love songs to each like old folk love songs to each other in beautiful no. harmony. Love that I've loved them for years. Um, I've always been a bluegrass and folk fan, but I wasn't introduced to Brandy Carlisle until like a year and a half ago. That's okay. Isn't, isn't that sad? It, well, I I regret it. I I feel. I, I feel longing and regret for the all of the all of the things that Brandy Carlisle could have gotten me through all the yeah. emotional times. Yes, uh, that's definitely been true for me, and especially this album. But I don't think she's ever she's never really put out there much. I feel like you kind of have to find her a lot of these a lot of times. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I, I feel like no one comes to Brandy Carlisle in a true brand. Like no one gets plopped. No one gets plopped Brandy Carlisle into their lap. It's like you have to, you find, oh, wait, who's this person who created this like country super group with a bunch of women? Or like, oh, who, who, who wrote the fucking Tanya Tucker and the Tanya Tucker album? Yeah. Or who, like, who's Dolly singing with at this one folk festival? Or who does this, you know, it, it's always through someone else that you find. It's like all roads lead back to Brandy Carlisle, I feel like. Yeah. I think the only time that she really got a lot was uh, Caroline. Is it the one with Elton John? I think, mm-hmm. and that was like the one like big heavy radio play where someone could finally find her. The other than that, right. it is just like she is just oh she's over there and she's also over here. Yeah, and just fucking crushing like so. Just everything feels like. I feel like all of her music feels like a like an asteroid. Like every song is like this asteroid that's just pummeling, just like speeding through space. I don't know. There's just something very. Uh, there's everything's very visceral. You know. Yeah, they're all really they're some like weirdly huge, but also kind of raw. Like mm-hmm. it's a huge voice and a huge sound to a small group of instruments. Right. And I mean, let alone, I mean, just look at the way I feel like every in every song, she jumps an octave at at some point. Yeah. She either like jumps it very soft and pretty or like just wailing. Yeah. Just absolutely wailing. Uh, that's like, like a specific in Rise Again towards the end of the album. That's one mm-hmm. where she goes from just like the verses are all very soft and very low. And then she just screams through every chorus. So good. So she does it, and I'll uh, and I'll still be there too. Yep. Yeah. Whales. So let's go through some stats for this album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got it, a couple. Let me do. Wait. Let me because okay. I I wrote some down, and I'm sure you have all of them. But I'll do. Uh, it came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. It was her fourth studio album, mm-hmm. and it was number one on the Billboard Folk Charts. Yeah. And that's it was. You ready for all the billboards? Yes. Lay the billboards on me, baby. She it peaked at 70 for Canadian artists. Sure, sure. Four for U.S. digital. Oh, three digital. for U.S. rock. And uh, one for U.S. folk. So good. Wasn't it then, Wasn't it like top? Oh, sorry. I, I, no, I was going to say I, ha- I wrote U.S. top, and then I apparently didn't write the number. Yeah, I think it was t- <laughs> uh, 10. I it was, it was up there. It was ten on the two hundred. Ten on the two hundred. Ten on the two hundred. We got a ten. Ten on the, the two hundred. <laughs> that sounds very technical. Yeah, we <laughs> got a ten on the two hundred. Oh, it's going. We got a ten on the two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was named in reference to where it was filmed at Bear Creek Studios, 
which is an old barn, an old family run studio in a converted barn that opened in 1977. And it's recorded Modest Mouse, Lumineers, Soundgarden, Foo Fighters, James Brown, and a whole bunch more. But it's kind of like a hidden away barn in the middle of Washington where uh, Brandy Carlisle is from her home state. And, uh, and it, it was. Hmm? It's so it's so tucked away that there are frogs that are on the album. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're credited at some point of it. It is. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that down to frogs credited on the album. <laughs> at the end, the very end of the album, the frogs make an appearance. Uh, it was produced by Trina Shoemaker, who worked with Emmylou Harris, Queens of the Stone Age, Blues Traveling, Dixie Chicks. And her like big star was she was an engineer and co-producer on Sheryl Crow's self-titled album. And she was the first female to win a Grammy for Best Engineering. I didn't know that. That's dope. Uh, so I was well because I got into I got really heavy into reading the, uh, about this mm-hmm. uh, when I found out that Brandy Carlisle started writing this album and getting ready to record it when she turned thirty. And I wrote that. Yeah, you did. Yes. I oh. wrote that down. I wrote that thing down too. Wait, you do yours. We've got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I I just turned thirty uh, like two and a half weeks ago. Happy birthday. And thank you. Um, that was the last thing I was ever allowed to do was celebrate my birthday. And then the government was like, why don't you stay home for a while? <laughs> we, he, he went pretty hard. Let's put everybody inside. Yeah, I went pretty hard. I tried to. <laughs> I bought tickets to a double feature midnight movie of Friday the 13th. That was. <laughs> Ooh, nice. It got canceled. Aww. I got stoned and rented them both online. And I was like, you know what? This is a fine, fine solution. Yeah, that's better. You can make popcorn at home. Honestly, just throw some coconut oil in with it, and then it'll smell like the movie theater popcorn. Oh, good idea. I've never done that with coconut oil. That's what it is. That's all it is. That smell really? is coconut oil. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to do that if I'm ever allowed back at the store to get coconut oil. <laughs> uh, but so when I found out she had just turned 30, I was like, okay, well, some of these songs kind of have that feel of like you're you know, that feels like one part's over and now this next part's here. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I got in, into deeper of that, of the thought of like, oh, it's at her home state at like a very homey studio that's supposed to be very kind of like grassroots and bare and engineered and produced by the first female to win a Grammy for best engineering. And it just started to feel like so much more of an, um, like an important album and such like a, per- a personal, like a really hard way to work through some stuff. That I got full on offended reading the reviews, and I, like, I read some bad oh. reviews, and I was like, "Eat shit, pal." Yeah, hey, fuck, hey, fuck you! Don't you be mean <laughs> to my brandy? Hey, yeah, like maybe you just don't understand it, buddy. <laughs> maybe you don't know what it's like to turn thirty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm the first one to figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was when I found out that it was an alpha. It, this was what she came up with when she turned 30 as a way to be like, I'm turning 30. This is what came out of me. I was like, I, cause I turned, I turned 31 in three days and I was like, I'm going to light myself on fire. I'm happy early birthday. Thank you. I'm going like, this is what comes out of you after three decades. You're like, this is, this will do. This will do. And I mean, we have to give credit to the, to the salamander twins too. Yes. You know, cause it's not just her, but it's fun to be like, it's just her. All right, so speaking of the Salamander Twins, I pulled the quote. Um, we'll take a, a brief detour because this quote, I don't understand it, and I was hoping – I've been trying – I've been 
we talked about doing this episode uh, for a couple weeks now, so I've been sitting on this quote, and I still have not figured it out. Okay. Um, this is a quote from Rosemary Welsh, uh, radio station WYEP 91.3. Twin brothers Tim and Phil Hanseroth are Carlisle's longtime collaborators, bandmates, and co-writers. Not only have they been with her since the teenage years, but one is now a brother-in-law. Okay, you don't know what... Wait, okay, do you not know what that is? What? I How is one of them a brother-in-law? Because Phil uh, is married to Brandy's sister. Okay. But that doesn't make... Oh, wait, the, then wouldn't both of them... Would both of them be brother-in-laws then? I don't, I don't know, but that's all I've been thinking about. Is like, is like, well, why, why wouldn't he also be your brother-in-law? Like, isn't that just your in-laws? I think that it's revealing. Uh, it just reveals to us that in fact they are Phil and Tim are in fact just one person. Yes, that, and they're just every time you see them, you are looking at them through a prism. Yeah, one is a projection through the robot eye of the other. <laughs> the robot eye. <laughs> that's but why I, they're I, all, you never see them separate. You well, you you sometimes sometimes you see Phil on his own, but you never see Tim. On yeah. his own. <laughs> I I didn't know he had married Brandy's sister, but I was still just like I don't understand what the hell that that, that could mean in any sort of term. I went I like was drawing out like she marries him and then he marries her and then. <laughs> you were doing you were like uh you were you were 23 and meeting yeah <laughs> i was like a detective far off the rails like with all the red <laughs> yarn in my room and no i'm gonna crack it i'm gonna crack <laughs> it Shelly. i'm gonna get it <laughs> you'll see never me. cracked it uh fade out, fade out. that is my swan song now i'm just washed up drunk on the sidewalk <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah, it is two twins. Yeah. <laughs> two twins. One of them is related. See. <laughs> oh wait, vendetta against twins. It's like it's John Wick, but it's you against all twins for no reason. <laughs> oh, all right. Wait, I got it. I think I figured it out. Okay. Well, salamanders, right? Sure. <laughs> Cut off their tail. What happens? New brother. New brother. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why only one of them is the brother-in-law because they are one. Yep, that's true. One of them grew. One of them got cut off. One of them got cut off financially from their family, and when they got <laughs> cut off, then it was like, "Well, gotta grow another me." I guess, I guess that's Tim. <laughs> That salamander thing is just kind of how I guess identical twins do happen to. Like, <laughs> I guess all I did was just finally understand childbirth in a way. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! What an album! Truly, what yeah. an album! The uh, the first single off this was uh, "That Wasn't Me," which reached number five, and the second single single was "Keep Your Heart Young," which reached uh, number thirty eight. Ah, keep your heart young. That that slaps. I'll be honest. That one slaps. It's a great I, track. I love keep your heart young. I love uh, largely what drew me into it so much was the fact that uh, the lyric goes, uh, "Dad took the wheels off my bike and pushed me down the hill, but speed got the best of me, and I took my first spill." And so, listening to it, you don't know if 
she's saying, however, speed got the best of me or like my ass speed got the best of me. So cute. So good. <laughs> that is a, yeah. I, then I, then the next line is just, that's when alcohol was only used on cuts. Uh, so yeah. Th- so it's this upbeat. It's so like, it's so like yummy and fun and lighthearted. And then you hit like, like alcohol was only used on cuts or then uh, sometimes you don't die quick. Just like you wish you would like, yeah. What? What? Is- the love is a loaded gun. Are you kidding me? We were just having a great time riding a bike <laughs> down a hill. And now you're talking. About- we fell, we laughed. <laughs> and yeah. then now we're drunks. Great. Yeah. Good. <laughs> it kind of goes back and forth. Uh, Cause there's that. And uh, that wasn't me is a like very heavy song about that, that same sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old and I, November was four years of not drinking. And, mm-hmm. uh, so th- yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm just gonna, that's most of what this podcast is, is I slowly reveal <laughs> things about myself and ask for <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> uh, I actually am having a kid in a few months. Do you know if it's a single kid or is it twins? I don't care. Just congratulate me. I don't uh, <laughs> all right. Congratulations. I'm, I'm trying to search. Congratulations if it's twins. That's the only it's, time I'll congratulate. They're identical lizard. They're identical twins, and the mother was an alligator. So I am looking <laughs> forward to this family band. Actually, listen, congratulations on, uh, you know, uh, copulating with an alligator. Way to go. Copulating, you know, I, you know what? No matter what the word is, it isn't right. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, copulating means to have sexual intercourse. So, hey, who's a lyricist now, Tim and Phil? <laughs> have you seen the music video for That Wasn't Me? I don't think I have, no. All right. right, uh, I'll be honest. I'm a little confused by it. First of all, uh, I, will, I will say Brandy Carlisle is sitting at a piano in a vest, classic, with brown wingtip shoes on, classic. Mm-hmm. Very good. You know, that's our Brandy. Um, however, I, she's not a great, I mean, I, her talents are, are, are you could sing her ta- of her talents until the cows come home. However, I think piano playing is not, she's fine at it. She plays piano like I play piano, uh, just like plunking chords, basically. And so it's just funny to so. see her at the piano, like plunking the chords, at least on this record, at least on this record specifically um okay but in the music video there's like a dude who gets paroled yeah i'm Um, I'm watching it now as we talk yeah and he makes birdhouses um but then it seems like everything's going okay but then it it, skip skip to like the last uh, maybe 20 seconds oh no because then then he like rob then he he robs a bank again Oh, wait. I guess. Yep, he's going to the Cameron County Bank. He hands him a note. Please and the note says, give me $1 of your bank's money. This is a robbery. And then the cops come and he's going back to jail again. I don't totally understand it. You know, I will agree. It doesn't look like she knows how to play piano. And look who's in the fucking shadows. <laughs> Just crawling down the walls. (laughs) They look like ghosts. (laughs) One's wearing a hat, and I gotta say, I don't like that. (laughs) 
it um have do you know the origin well according to the interview that i watched with her the origin of it was the the genesis of the song she keeps a piano next to her front door mm-hmm. apparently because of course she does and right. every time she goes to, right and every time she goes to leave the house she says she just plays a chord and then runs out of the house before it quit, quits resonating like amazing amazing insane incredible that's the and, kind of stuff that makes me realize like oh i'm not really like an artist yeah it's a- <laughs> <laughs> I, I like say bye to my cat usually uh but uh, i don't do anything deeper like uh cool and, uh, <laughs> right and she played a chord but she fucked up the chord that she was playing but she left anyway and like that chord hung in her head and that's that's how she wrote that wasn't me apparently interesting that's wild oh my gosh do you know who the addict is in the video who's the addict it's Chris Christopherson. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of course uh-huh. it is. Of course he's in this Brandy Carlisle music video. Everybody loves her. I mean, that there I I mean, those reviews that you read that are written by uh, literal Satans aside, I who doesn't think she's incredible? You know? Yes. Uh all right, so I want to talk about those reviews because so my problem with those reviews, first of all, is I kind of agree, and there is one issue with this album. Uh, right. I think I think the album is not sequenced very well. Uh, I am a real uh, nerd, a real mm-hmm. stickler for useless things like how I how to sequence an album, and I feel like this is the way they've been doing it the last like fifteen years is. Albums become very top heavy where they just kind of assume you're not uh, going to make it sure. past eight songs. Mm-hmm. And so you get hard way home into raise hell and to save part of yourself into that wasn't me and to keep your heart young. That's like five of the heaviest ones right there. Yeah, That's huge. Um, like I can't think of another song through the album that can carry it the way that does. I do think a promise to keep in 100 come pretty close. Mm-hmm. A lot of these songs feel like they're about addiction, which I don't understand because uh, I, I can't I couldn't find anything about any of them having problems with addiction unless like the twins are addicted to heat lamps or something. <laughs> I, I hope they're not recovering addicts because I'm going to feel like an asshole. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> In their defense, they do need it. Oh, God. Their skin is so dry. Um, (laughs) Well, their blood is so cold. Oh, Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) So if you combine their body temperatures, that's how they get to 98.6 and they create one person again. Um, I feel like, like a lot of them are about addiction. I feel like a lot of them, and it could be just because I came off tour, but I feel like a lot of them are about, about like leaving, about like tour. Okay. Or I, they all resonate, many of them resonated to me about like being, um, being away, having to be away from the people you love, which I, I, trans, I mean, that could easily be addiction too. I think that's what the other half seem to be about. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's like, 
halfway between being about tour and just about the time that happens too. Yeah. But I think a lot of that is just from like the amount of traveling you end up doing over years of being a musician like that. Um, Cause like rise again is about how, you know, you'll, you'll falter and you'll fall and then you'll end up rising, you know, you'll fall like rain only to rise again. Uh, Wait, okay. This, here's my question about that song. Yes. She, doesn't she say I've never fallen like rain to rise again? Uh, to fall. No, it's to fall like rain. Oh, and I'm sorry. Uh, ever turning all the seasons, ever fading all the days. And if there's ever a reason, I just haven't found a way to fall. Like, oh yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, interesting. I tried to figure out if it was a reference, like if, uh, uh, fall like rain was another, like uh, another song. Like if she was referencing the song and I found like a gospel one that may, but I don't. I that one I the meaning of that because I f- I feel like specifically with her and this is the thing that country music in general does is all of the songs feel very specific. It's yeah. not like uh it's not like that for and I only know this because of stupid trivia but like Hozier the first Hozier album that he wrote Hozier however you pronounce it he mm-hmm. specifically wrote all of the songs to mean nothing like to just be like vague and more abstract whereas like all country, I feel like all good country says something very specific about a very specific thing. Yeah. Um, and I, but I couldn't, I couldn't nail that one. I couldn't nail down rise again. I didn't know if it was a Jesus thing. Cause that's my own, I will say that's my only qualm with. Uh, it could be just about being devastated from a breakup. Yeah, right. For the anchor of my love to which my heart is bound is the iron for the cage that keeps me on the ground. Yeah, so that feels that feels lovey. I don't know. I do like the interest. The it's interesting people do like. I just don't want to sing about anything because that was like a big uh, David Byrne and Talking Heads. I don't know if you're into them much. Sure, 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 sure. But that's like all he ever does is tries it's to sing right, about nothing. Right, song about nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, what, hey, listen, that's what uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire September song is. Is it? That it was written specifically just to be a happy song. They were like, we huh. or not, they, they, oh, what was the name of the person who wrote that? She just died. Oh, I can't remember her name. Oh, damn it. Oh, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to Google it because it's really going to bug me. No, it's okay. You don't have to Google it because we know the Google doesn't show you. What the fuck, Google? So, uh, uh, Willis. Okay. Uh, I think Ali, I forget how to pronounce her name, but, uh, they, and, and Maurice White, um, and Al McKay, they all, they all wrote it and it, uh, they wrote it specifically to be just a song to make people happy. They're like, this means <laughs> nothing. It's just happy that there, we're not saying any, nothing really happened in September. We're, it's just a happy song. That's so funny. That's like, um, the fucking the turtle song happy together. I was listening to an interview about them writing that, and he was like, I just figured it didn't matter what the fuck I said. Uh, and he's like, that's why, you know, at one point we're stuck, and I'm thinking to myself, why do I care? You know, who, you know, how's the weather? Well, let's just write that. And if you listen, that's just like one of the lines. <laughs> is how happy together. The next line is, how is the weather? And, <laughs> and like, I never realized that till I heard him like talk about it. And I was like, that is what they say. <laughs> for no reason it's crazy um but i feel like yeah a lot of these songs seem to be about you know going away being away for a long 
time or like recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and recovery can be, you know, it doesn't have to be about addiction, I guess. It could be about whatever, you know. I think in your 20s, you go through a lot of shit where you're like so convinced that you're right that you eventually grow up and you're like, uh oh, that was just uh, a. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was. Yeah. It- God, the, I wish, I wish I still, and I, again, I've only been out of my twenties for going on 363 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I still had the, the belief in my absolute correctness that I did in my twenties. Just the, the utter, the utter, uh, assuredness that ignorance brings my God. Oh my God. I'm so glad to be done with it. Are you kidding me? I'm. It makes me so much peace to know, like, oh, I don't understand a, a thing. Like, yeah. I can stop defending things. Like, okay, yeah, fuck it. This is just, yeah, all right. Yes. Yeah, it feels. It feels good. Feels. Feels good. It feels right. It feels. It feels right. good to live in a question than an answer. You know. <laughs> and realize, you know, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. No. We're just wasting time till we die. Uh, so what I did. Was I resequenced Bear Creek uh, to? Oh, yeah. I wanted to. I felt like if you spread out the heavy hitters, the other songs could hit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and in particular, I thought where "Keep Your Heart Young," "Keep Your Heart Young" comes in. It's between that wasn't me and one hundred, where they're both like really somber sounding songs. Yeah, and then "Keep Your Heart Young" just all of a sudden just picks it up like crazy uh so i kind of like spread those out do you want to hear uh my resequence version i do read it i mean i've got it in front of me but you read oh, you it got it? yeah all right uh so we're gonna start with save save part of yourself because sure. that seems like a good uh it seemed, felt like a good opening because it seemed like an introduction to what she's going through and what she's doing during this album and then you mm-hmm. kind of go into like more of the issues like that wasn't me then 100 yeah, and save part of yourself too feels like a going feels like a going into the woods kind of song. Yeah, I, I with the whistling at the beginning. Yeah, hold tight. Another whistling with them. Tight. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna go figure this out for a minute. Let me go chill out and let me let me ponder some shit. Yeah, I'm gonna hide into the woods now, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you're there, and she's asking you to save part of yourself for her. And, you know, then you think like, well, why does she have to be begging like this? And it goes right into that wasn't me, where you mm-hmm. start digging through all these mistakes. And my thought was, this is a two vinyl album. Um, I looked into it. I had a, I have a lot of free time right now, and <laughs> so I was thinking like this first first record is a lot of what's happened and what happened to get me here and what I've done, and then the rest of it is what's going on now so you get that wasn't me where it's you know a lot of just explaining your actions and whatever and then 100 starts up and it gets to be a little more uplifting especially musically it's more uplifting more more upbeat uh and then you finally get to raise hell it doesn't doesn't shoot it on the second song yeah because raise hell comes in quick yeah, it really, I mean, you could, I feel like after the, after you play the first two tracks, as it is, as it stands, not the, uh, not the, not the, not the resequenced version, yeah, um, not the- as it stands, like, 
once your tone you... of voice was correct <laughs> <laughs> what like what once you get through those two you're like all right oh okay we're not doing like we're not we're not fucking jamming all the way through it feels like we're going to be jamming all the way through like we're going to yes. go in hard we're going to go hard yeah. from back and it just let, it lets off the gas like it lets off I, the gas uh, yeah and, uh, the studio sequencing however this resequencing i i am i i agree that to bring it in because this is the is this the flip then or the first are these on the first side this is side, side one would be i think up through raise hell uh-huh, and uh-huh. then you get what am i looking at uh yeah then raise hell would start side yeah raise hell would end side one and then side two, be promised to keep hearts content and keep your heart young. Yep. 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 And uh, I'm basing this off of the amount of tracks are already on there. And I switched them out equally for time. Um, I I really, I, this is like, <laughs> you have no idea the things I've done. <laughs> I love, I also, uh, just, uh, b- before we, before we hmm? continue with this, I just want to make a note and heart's content. I love, uh, I love when, when the violins come in and heart's Mm. content because the whole thing is, is honestly a bit like melancholic and then it hits this like super optimistic tone and the violins come in, um, in this really like uplifting moment. Um, but the lyric in there that really, uh, that really just tears me apart is, uh, maybe we walk through the world as ghosts uh breaking uh breaking my own heart before you can right is that the lyric maybe uh, yep. walk maybe walk through the world as go as break my own heart before you can yeah oh oh so good so so good as someone who uh struggles with emotional intimacy boy oh boy that really <laughs> yeah oh yeah she, she really hits uh, that kind of stuff really well and really consistent. And then you find out she's like has a family, and you're like, well, what the f- what the fuck am I doing then? Yeah, they all believe in Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thought we agreed on this, Brandy. Uh, so yeah, because that that is a thing where it, the studio version does kind of it pumps you off and then pumps you off. Jeez, it pumps it up and then it just kind of coasts after a while. Whereas I feel like this kind of gets the story out more of the not bangers with the help of the bangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we get going to raise hell, then a promise to keep and heart's content. Uh, and then we end on keep your heart young, which we've already talked about a good amount. And then, uh, but that's kind of like the ending of, you know, your twenties, your childhood is keep your heart young. And now you're in your thirties and you've kind of like, well, now I guess I'm, I should do something. Right. <laughs> you feel like you're dying slowly instead of uh, still existing and living the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. The story. I love the story. I love the story right now. Right. And then uh, what do you do? You go home. You go to Washington and record in Bear Creek after all that. And you take the hard way home. You gotta take the hard way. You can't take the soft way. You always take the hard way when you're going home. She had her mom who's also a country singer, Teresa, mm-hmm. or Teresa Carlisle. Uh, she had her specifically come to the studio just for that song. She was like, come to the studio. I want this to be like a redneck song. I want this to be like, oh, just like sound like the mountains. Come listen to it. And she had her mom sit there and she sang it to her mom. And I think it was like the second take that they used. Oh, really? That's incredible. I didn't know that. That was a little interview that I picked up today uh, while I was mm. watching 
YouTube interviews with Brandy Carlisle. Also, what I picked up today via YouTube uh, was Trolls 2 looks kind of cute. Um, and Magic the Gathering has really misleading YouTube ads. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like uh, they're like kind of playing out what happens on the cards, right? Yeah, they're not. You don't, You have no idea it's a card game. It looks yeah. like a video game. And then they're like, uh, expansion pack coming out soon. And you're like, wait, it's a card game? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you don't know what Magic the Gathering is, it's not, it doesn't look like that. You're not a, uh, you're not in, you're not a, you're not a black elf, uh, shooting arrows at uh, a giant a giant salamander. It was like a giant salamander. It was the twins. It was actually this mm. gorgeous <laughs> game shooting arrows at, <laughs> at Tim and Phil. But when I close my eyes, Whitney, I am. I am that black elf. Tap it. Tap it. I have four <laughs> power. <laughs> oh, my mana is tapped. <laughs> I gotta tap my mana to really get my full potential power going. <laughs> I'm, sorry, um, I'm sorry to. I'm sorry, uh, uh, so we're back. We're taking the hard way home on yeah, the on taking the, the hard way home. Time. Side three, side B one, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes into "I'll still be there," which I think is just kind of like a nice. Nothing really sticks out super for me here. Is this the song I'm thinking uh, of? The screen part. The screen part is great. When she just wails. Oh, yes. I always forget that's this song. Yeah. Cause she always yeah, yeah she always is feeling that one wail. Uh I'll tell you my favorite wail from her, uh, top two is when she does Hallelujah at the Benny Roya Hall. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. Just yeah. We all turn into uh, puddle, puddles of mercury. Yeah. We all just <laughs> weighted liquids that are uh, poisonous. <laughs> so she does She does 60 Years On uh, on that album as well, I believe, right? Yeah, she does 60 Years On in that album, which is uh, one of my favorite Elton John songs. Mm, but mm-hmm. there is a different version of 60 Years On that she does as a bonus track off her self-titled album. And Ooh, if you're not familiar with that one, uh, I cannot recommend uh, you listen to that as soon as you can because she screams to close that one, and it is incredible. I'm about to, I'm about to scoop that. I'm going to scoop that right now. Scooping it? We're getting the exclusive right here, right now? I'm going to scoop it, and I'm going to have it in my Apple Music. Yeah, but I'll find it later. I don't have to do it while we're on the horn. Um. All right. <laughs> uh, so we we leave. I'll still be there, and we move to what did I ever come here for? Which I wish. Okay, listening to that song makes me. There aren't enough songs for people who do who like hurt people. I feel like there's a lot of mm-hmm. songs for people, but for those who like inadvertently in a like hurt with their actions hurt people like they don't mean to but like something that you did like let's say you made a bad choice while you were on tour and it hurt the person that you were with just hypothetically there aren't enough super hypothetical hypothetically for people like that it's like all the all the all we pee all those people have is okay it wasn't me by shaggy and it's like we need Mm. another (laughs) where it's like you come to terms with 
fucking up, you know? <laughs> what did I ever come here for? Is like, yeah, I get it. You're a hurt person. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we can leave the shackles of Shaggy <laughs> and have this Brandy Carlisle anthem. Um, so I um. This is a, a, a controversial change, I think, I made at the end. A controversy I've made up in my own head. Sure, sure. But, they will write about it for, for decades. Yeah, I, this quarantine, it's not making me more delusional. It's just stopping me from people knowing. Like, now it's just me and my delusions. Like, oh, yeah, they'll hate me for doing this. <laughs> the day I, I move that scandalous track. Yeah, I love the pleasure that, like, in your mind, it's like you're a, it's like you're a mental cutter. You're yeah. like, I'm gonna... <laughs> people hate me. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I resequenced this Beatles album just to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're like Trent Reznor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I put In the Morrow before Rise Again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now here's the thing in yeah, the morrow, why? huh? Why? All right. Now I'm assuming you're that upset because in the morrow has a 30 second silence after it because just kids uh, originally was supposed to be like a, a, a bonus track, like a secret little hidden extra. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty pissed off. Pretty pissed. Well, you know how in a concert, the band will leave. And then come back and do two more songs. Sure, two more songs. Two right. More That's songs. what everyone chants. That ex- like we want two more. Yeah, I, I do have work do. in the I... morning, but I'm not done. <laughs> I always say three and a half more songs. Yeah. Three of your own and a cover. Three of your own and a cover. <laughs> three of your own extended jam. Three of your own extended jam. Introduce the fucking band. Um, well, so this one, you know, the first half is all about, you know, what's happened and what you've done through your twenties. Cause you know, you think you're an adult, but you make these childish decisions and you hurt everyone around you. And then the side, the second half is you being like, well, this is what I will do. And then it ends and you get these two last tracks that say, I don't know if I could fall and get up again. Mm. And then the last one of just when we were just kids and I think it makes a nice separation for these two as kind of like uh almost like an if this is an inner monologue then these last two are the inner inner monologue mm-hmm. like can I can I fall like rain and rise again and uh can't we just be kids yeah ugh yeah, and just kids, just kids. To me, I was listening to it today, obviously, and it sound like today it's fifty nine degrees, sunny, in in my in my like small midwestern hometown, and it just just it just kids just sounds like Thursday, April second, twenty twenty. You know? Yeah sound of it it just you know how some things smell like childhood or you know mm. uh, oh yeah no i get you that's what it that's what it feels yeah. like some things just feel just connect to that real specific part it's that it sounds nice where you are it's 39 and raining here oh yuck yuck yeah. fuck out of there 
and you're paying taxes. Oh, God. (laughs) Too many taxes, if you ask me. (laughs) Not that Um, I've ever lied on my tax returns. Did you know that there's a restaurant in Seattle named after Brandy Carlisle? I did not know that. Called the Carlisle Room. (laughs) (laughs) And it is specifically named after Brandy Carlisle. Weird. And I really desperately want to go there. Next tour. Yeah, well, if it exists anymore, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, dude, it is crazy. It is a crazy time we live in, but I am glad we got to sit and talk about a fun album instead of uh, this uh, virus. Yeah, this was honestly, this was a highlight, highlight of my day. Highlight yeah, of my day. And, I, I, and earlier I was uh, pulling pulling old fence posts out of the ground with a tractor, and that was pretty great. But What? This, that, this was better than that? This was pretty fun. This you get to use fun. a fucking tractor? This is why you're so cool. You get to do shit like that. Tractors, baby. Drive a couple of them. I can I can drive them right out to to Massachusetts if you want. It'd take me so long and oh, would cost would... so much money. Yeah. I would never make you do that because you'd have to drive through Pennsylvania, and I would I would hate to make you do that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to offend the Amish. Pennsylvania sucks. Uh, I I've no, never. I, like I think Lancaster's pretty cute. I've, so I've never been to Pennsylvania. I've only driven through it, but I've driven through it so much at this point that I've I've just really grown to just hate it. Yeah, it really is the it really is the wall separating you from the rest of the. It's like that's the from the west. You have to go through yes. Pennsylvania to the west. Yeah, go down this weird, always under construction highway. <laughs> it's always closed to one lane with these barriers that are taller than your car, and it just you feel like you're in a tube yeah but when you go through when you go from pennsylvania into wheeling mm-hmm. or you go, no it goes wheeling and no yeah it's pennsylvania into west virginia right i like wheel i think wheeling is pretty pretty to drive through at night oh see i don't go that way because i am always going i the only time i've gone up is through i go to pennsylvania to ohio ohio um because sure, i'm sure, coming sure. from uh the northeast of it Right, but see, I was thinking, well, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, well, going from the Northeast, like, generally going out to around the Midwest. Yeah, I've never been to the South. Yeah, I haven't. Well, I went to, on my last tour, I was in, I mean, Texas, but I don't know. I was going to go to Arkansas, but I had to cancel that. Yeah. But I did Texas, and then from Texas, I just went to L.A., (laughs) I skipped over New Mexico and Arizona because I was like, yeah, there's, there's Can we call LA the South? No. <laughs> you want to? All right. I would I it. would really love to. Why I don't see why we can't, honestly. Yeah, I mean if you're looking at it on like the Meridian at like the Southern Meridian or whatever, it would be yeah. called latitudinally. Because I think the Mason Dixon line only goes to the Mississippi and then it stops. Yeah, it's really the southeast. The south is yeah. the southeast. And then it becomes the I, what is what is Texas? Is that just the Midwest? Texas is the West. None That's of our thing. West. None of our thing makes sense. None of the way we describe. Also, the Midwest is not the Midwest. Like the Midwest is just the middle. Yeah, because you're well. Like, would do people call Chicago the Midwest? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Chicago, Indiana, Ohio is the Midwest. In like Chicago is like a third of the way across. Yeah. 
Yeah, Chicago is damn near almost the like the Mississippi. Well, I guess like you get it, Iowa, Missouri, and Arkansas are that little that little elf guy. This mm-hmm. podcast has really <laughs> evolved. I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm lo- I'm I'm just looking at a map of the U.S. talking about it. <laughs> yeah, and look at Alaska up there. So what's it doing up there? <laughs> Why little fucking sneaky oil? bastard? Why we got Alaska? Why do we get Alaska? Why do we just leave it? For who um, had it before the Vikings? Do the Vikings have it? I think it was just unincorporated land, because uh, we—I don't know when we bought it. But I, I don't think anyone had it. I assume uh, it would have been Canada's, right? It feels like it's Canada, but Canada wasn't even Canada's. Canada was France's, right? Isn't Is it uh, England? Did England, England owns Canada? Canada. Wow, thank God this is not a history podcast. <laughs> well, at least now they definitely know we really studied that that album. If if this is the way we talk about other shit, then wow, yeah, they like really the geography of our country. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this was fun. This is I, I had so much fun. This was a who, Whitney. Thanks so much for doing it, uh, Whitney. Where can people find you online? <laughs> Um, people can find me at uh, WhitneyChitwood.com on Instagram. I'm at WhitChitwood. Uh, and just Whitney. If you Google Whitney Chitwood, you'll find me. I'm the only one. Nice. The only one, and rightfully so. Oh, boy. Uh, and uh, I highly suggest everyone listen to your album, The Bakery Case. I love it a lot. It's great. Oh, you're too sweet. You're too sweet. Nah. It's an absolute blast. Um, it was such a joy. Such a joy. And hey, if uh, if anything... If anything uh, funky happened to it, we can just pick another topic and do another thing because this is so much fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, I had a hoot. We'll definitely have to do another one.